Hello and welcome to the Behind the Wheel podcast, the first ever physical podcast. I'm not going to blame it on COVID, I'm going to blame it on just, just laziness to be honest, uh, but we're finally here in a physical space and Shazad, you're a lot taller than <laughs> what you appear on a 2D camera, man. It's like, it's just so weird, but I'm so glad to have you as our first <laughs> physical guest on the Behind the Wheel podcast, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the honor. I'm absolutely delighted and honored to be here on the very first inaugural podcast. And also this thing about being taller in person. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's so much better than the... a lot, right? Well, no, I'll tell you what, it's so much better than the movie star thing, right? Where they're, they're always shorter in person. At least I'm taller in person. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got one up on that. That's I think, good. I think Tom Cruise gets that a lot. He gets right? that a lot, yeah, sure, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, I guess this is a bad and a good thing. Good because I mean your physical presence. Bad because if you... I hit my make... head a lot. <laughs> well, not even that. Like... I'm wearing jeans and people might see me wet myself after how much you made me laugh last time. Last time I was able to, I was able to hide it below the camera. This time you might see a puddle because uh, I, I was just laughing so much. So it's good to it's If so that good puddle to gets you. too big, I think I might have to make an exit out of it. <laughs> I hope there's insurance for this, the sofa. This, this entire podcast, you're going to just see me laugh the entire time. Um, but no, it's, it's so good to have you. And um, I want to kick things off. I was... I was uh, I was mulling, so I was like, oh my God, I've got Shazad, I've got the brown car guy on the first podcast. What am I going to ask him? We've done two podcasts already. What more is there to juice out of this guy? And I'm like, a bit alarmed at the word, at the use of the juice, word juice. peeing myself, I don't like, I don't, where is this going? Oh, um, we're having a very but, fluid time here, I'll tell you that much. It's very, very fluid. There's a lot of fluid flying around. Too much, too much. Let's move on. Um, but here's, here's, here's the first question, right? And I'm going I'm to kick things off. Firstly, I love the fact that uh, you are always yourself in front of the camera. There's no, <laughs> there's, no, there's no acting here. But one of the things that I love is that obviously it's, it's a family affair. She's like, yeah. your daughter is yeah. so amazing. <laughs> and, uh, but I had this thought. I was like, oh my God, right? She's like, Here's my first question. You ready? Go on. You ready? I'm I didn't go. actually, to be honest, like one thing, I'm a little bit taken aback because I didn't realize this was a question. I thought we were just having a chat, but no, all right, no, no. I didn't know it was interrogation. You got no, lights on is, me. You got oh, lights on me. It's going to get deep. It's going to get <laughs> You've deep. got a minder standing yeah, by. Right. <laughs> he's, he's ready to rock and roll. I mean, he's, he's going to bounce, you know. Uh, oh, dear. But this, is, this is my first question, right? And it's, it's what I'm hoping to kind of go, go deep into like, later on uh, if, if we get time and if I don't end up needing a toilet halfway through. <laughs> It's a bit of a running theme now, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and I was like, so uh, we had a baby eight months ago, uh, a, a baby girl, Fantastic. And super, super happy. And um, I used to tell myself before I had this baby that, you know what, whatever my baby wants to be, whatever she wants to be, she could be anything she wants to be. As long as she's happy, I'll be happy, right? I'm not going to go down this road of, you must go to university, you must get a degree, you must get an education, you must, da, 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 right? But, and, and and now I've had her, like, I'm like, oh, I'm swaying now. I'm like, yeah. oh, you know what? Like, there are, <laughs> there are basics to life, right? But uh, so I'm sitting in, in this place. That said, that said, I want to ask you this. Imagine one day you wake up in the morning and your daughter by the name of... Lena. Lena says to you, Dad, I want to be a YouTube creator. Yes. What would you say? Let me tell you, you've lived it this late. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Come on, be honest. No, what, no, what, absolutely. How would you react? 
Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, first of all, I want to go back to um, the whole uh, change of mind when you've actually seen your bundle of joy, uh, yeah. physicality in your hands. And I have to say that I completely relate to that because yeah. it, even when I had Janae, my, my, my son, um, you know, to me, I was never, you know, I, I never touched babies. I was one of those you guys. You were the baby guy. I wasn't. I was like, keep the kids away from yeah, me. Yeah, I'm not yeah. interested. So they just, they poo and smell guy. and throw up. I'm so like, you, no. You weren't even that guy who was like, I'll like look after your baby for a little bit. Nah. And then like going back to you and start crying. No, no, no. You were like, just I, I, keep him away from me. I'm like, very, very, very nice baby. Keep yeah. it there. Okay. Yeah, I that's... see from here. Very nice. Mashallah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> I look keep in my eyes. Not in my hands. It will smell or throw up on me or something. I don't want to know. So I wasn't, you know. And then suddenly you're confronted by your own kid. Yeah. Everything changes. And yeah. this is what you've just experienced. That's what I've been Everything doing, yeah. changes. Suddenly you become that person. Yeah. You know, you're changing nappies, yeah, you're doing yeah. the feed, you, you're doing Are the... you hands on, by the way? Yeah, I was. I was. It was a very yeah. long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I wouldn't do it with anybody else. It was yeah. only with my own kids, right? But it was it was completely different. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh my god, this is this is ours. Like we've created this. Yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah. whole sense of you know, you start to grow up a little bit, not a lot, but a little yeah. bit. You start to grow up, you know, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. go, oh my god, I'm a dad, you know, because until that point. Actually, to be honest, it's not fair to say. I was going to say until that point, you know, you're always looking for the grown up in the room. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're still yeah, that yeah, person. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. suddenly you realize, oh, I'm you, the grown up in the room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, They're like going to come to me for advice now. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, my God, yeah. you know? But so, you know what? Just, just on that point, right? You mentioned that you're obviously quite, quite hands on. Where does that come from? Because I know like, in, like if, I, if I look at my parents and like those that are older than me in, in, our, in our community, to be hands-on wasn't really a thing. Yeah. Like, the, the man does not change nappies. Yeah, yeah. The man just kind of, like, turns up after work, yeah. does my dinner, yeah, yeah. is the baby clean, yeah. plays a little around him and puts him you know, I, you, I, like, I, you were a lot more hands-on. You well, were, like, actively involved, right? I don't know how... I, I don't know how... <laughs> How intimate, how, how how explicit we can get here. Uh, it's your podcast. Let's you can you can always it, edit this out yeah, later. But I was there at the birth of both children, right? And there you go. And the thing is, I don't think that our, the previous generation did that in terms of the men's, right? The it, men's. It's sort. funny you mentioned my my wife told me this a few days ago. Yeah, and I didn't know. This. Apparently, like her parents, and even like my parents, like the idea of being in the room. Yeah wasn't really a thing no it wasn't whereas for me i'm like of course i'm gonna be there exactly. i want to exactly. see my baby being born yeah 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 and and this is somebody like you know so when i was a kid like all asian parents i'm going to be a doctor you're going to be a doctor okay and the first time i saw this when i was a kid first time i saw so i pricked my hand or something and I, I saw blood i fainted and i said oh this is not happening you know what i mean oh, it's like, you know, so i am that person i'm squeamish as anything you know right, and right, for me right. that before i did it the thought of like i'm gonna go do this thing i'm like oh i'm gonna faint I am, this is going to happen, you know, but it didn't happen. Yeah, and somehow yeah. something within you finds that, 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 that courage or yeah. that, that fortitude to suddenly grow up and be that person that you need to be in that moment. Right. So it's, it suddenly happens. You just happens. find it inside. You just right? find it inside. Yeah, and this yeah, is, yeah. this is what you've just experienced. Now coming back to your actual question about Lena, it's like, no, uh, absolutely. Both of them. I, and in fact, even now, I actually, funny you should well, say your, that. Your son did, yeah. I believe. He's um, a, he did, he did media production yeah, at Coventry yeah, University. Yeah. yeah. So he's yeah. now, he's currently job hunting. Yeah. Um, but he basically, uh, I mean, it's ironic. You know, you, you said at the beginning, you do everything yourself. I still do. Yeah. Even though I've got two kids who are both media students, you know. Oh, they both um, 
the, the, Lina is also studying media oh, at wow, college. Okay. And um, but the the level of help I get from them is minuscule. It's a typical, yeah. you know. I love that. Like, you know, no dad, kind of like handing stuff. back no. here. It's, like, it's all me, all right. My kids do like that much. Yeah, yeah <laughs> basically. Yeah, actually, let's. Uh, but you're the for the video, right? It's <laughs> basically. Like, <laughs> you know? So, it, it, and the thing is, like, I am actually constantly telling them. I said, look, start your own content, start your own channels, do something, put stuff you're up. Actively pushing. Yeah, me, yeah, 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 yeah. I say that. Like, Janet actually has a channel, but he has a channel because he's got a, he's built up some portfolio from three yeah, years at university yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. doing stuff that he's done in the past amazing, with me um, but Lena I'm actually pushing her because I know that she's actually really good in front of the camera I, I don't think amazing. she even realizes herself how good she is she's super confident yeah man. yeah yeah and and she has how a kind of again? she's 17 wow, okay. so and she has this kind of charisma and a style that you know that cannot be replicated yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. so so to me I'm like you know because the world we live in right now is crazy and we were just talking about a mutual friend of ours and how well she's done yes. um and the thing is that you you, you the, the world's really tough right now right getting employment getting jobs whatever going out into the big bad world it's much harder now than it was even for us forget about the generation before us you know it's, it's you know it's literally like parents are always like i could do this why can't you do this i'm not like that i'm like i know it's tough I know it's, and I know it's going to get even tougher, you know? Well, you've been through, I mean, you, you went through, I mean, the, the amazing thing I, 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 I love about you is that you've seen, you were there when it was like print, when that was yeah, the yeah. dominant form yeah, of yeah. car media, right? Yeah. And you've seen it kind of evolve from yeah. that to like now what it is now, which is the social media I, I, side I, I, and all that sort of stuff. So I you, started you off, know. I started off basically as a print journalist, yeah. yeah but yeah, also yeah. like, it's, it, it, it's not just the evolution of media itself, but the evolution uh, of the world and of the employment situation in the world. I mean, you think about the one thing, one of the facts that always, you know, scares the bejesus out of me when I think about it. In my lifetime, just in my lifetime, and I'm 50 something years old, and in my lifetime, you know, the population of the world has doubled. Jesus. Doubled. I mean, just think about that for a That's, moment. I never, I never knew that. Yeah. It's doubled in the time that I've been on the planet. And you think, what's going to happen next? Because it's exponentially increasing further, right? And you just think with all those people on the planet and with the fact that autom automation and computerization is actually making the, the less jobs out there, not more yeah, jobs, yeah, right? Yeah. And you just think, how are people going to find work? How are they going to make their way in, in the world, you know? So, so going back to your original question, I'm like, anything you can do, anything to create opportunities for yourself just do it yeah, you know yeah, yeah. if you i mean I, even people i meet i say have you got you know journalists that i meet that are starting out i say have you got your own channel have you got your own brand they go no i'm like do it they're like why no i'm, I'm working i'm like no no just do that as well is it, is it, it may work it may not it doesn't matter just, yeah, yeah. just do it so um I, i'm still getting my head around Shazad, this idea of the pop population doubling in yeah. your lifetime yeah that's crazy yeah it is literally i mean when you and again you think back to your your I think back to my dad's generation or something like you talk about the fifties or the sixties you know yeah. and and even like when you actually start to look at it you start to look at footage of cities or you start to look pictures and you go yeah it does feel sparser doesn't it it feels like there's less people around you know the things so seem true. simpler yeah, right yeah, yeah, and you yeah. look at it now it's it's just everything is so busy and I think that not only the population has doubled but I guess to an extent and just by the evidence of what we're doing here today. The intensity of interaction and communication and the collision of ideas and attitudes and approaches that is happening in the world now is so much faster and, and so, much, um, um, so, so much more of it happening. You know? So I, I think that you know, life in general 
is more difficult and it's going to be more difficult you know for my kids and 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 your kids are still you're still a baby you're she's still a baby so you know so it's it's going to be even more difficult you know so so from my point of view it's like you know whatever you can equip them with or whatever you can allow them to do or whatever you can allow them to explore because who knows how the world economy or the way of working or the way of living you know as you know I'm a huge Star Trek fan right you know and the Star Trek envisages a future where you know, money doesn't exist, right? So what do people do in, a, in, in, in Treconomics, if you like? And there's actually a book called Treconomics. Is there really? Yeah, there is, yeah. And, and so what do people do? I mean, there's an assumption that if there was no such thing as money, if everybody was provided for, people wouldn't do anything. But actually, it's not true. And we know this from the fact that we saw this with furlough and we saw this with the lockdown. Even though people were stuck, oh, you think, oh, people would be so happy they're stuck at home. They can, just watch TV and, they can just watch TV and play games all day. But no. People were doing stuff. People wrote books. They made films. Yeah, they made yeah, videos. Yeah. They did podcasts. They did, you know, purpose, purpose. Yeah, people need to do stuff. And I think that, and this is the, the concept of Treconomics is like, even if you created a society where, you know, the, everybody is provided for, um, and in the case of Star Trek, that's because of the advance of technology. So we're far from that. But yeah, say yeah. that something like that happened, what would people do? They would still find a vocation. Yeah. You know, the scientists yeah. would still try and explore the envelope of technology. Yeah. The artists would still create, yeah. you know, the yeah. people yeah. that needed to do stuff. The doctors would still help people, you know, people would still work. People would still do stuff, you know, because they need that. They, they need the people need purpose in their exactly. life. People exactly. need function in their life, you know, um, you know, otherwise, you know, what, what's the point, you know, what, what, you know, why are we here? You know, it's sort so of thing. true. It's so true. Which actually brings, brings me on to my, my next question. Cause I, I, I remember you, you, you told me this, um, on the first podcast and we've had like 60 odd guests now. And it's quite rare that I remember everything that people say, but this one that I did with you, the, 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 the first podcast, there was a quote that you said, I'll never forget it. It was, if you love cars and just love cars, then get a high paying job yeah. and drive a nice car yeah, yeah. or just rent a nice <laughs> car out. Yeah. What did you mean by that? Well, let's go back to um, the, the idea that, and I said this when we came in earlier today, that people look at stuff that I do and now to an extent what you do as well. And they go, oh, you got the best job in the world. Yeah. You know, you just, you just spend all day driving cars. That's awesome, isn't it? And the reality of it is, no, I don't. You know, like 99.9% of my time is spent in front of a laptop figuring out how to create content, you know. And, and there's not a lot of reward for it. You know, as you know, as you mentioned, as you alluded to earlier in this conversation, I've been up and I've been down, right? You know, I've had the good times and I've had the bad times. You know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, uh, especially if you want to be okay in life you know let's put it yeah, that way yeah. so i say to a lot of people i say well you know if you want to if they say i want to get into content creating for cars or i want to get into motoring journalism or something i'm like what's your motivation why do you want to do it and if the first thing that comes out of their mouth is because i want to drive cars i'm like okay that's it let's forget that then then this is the yeah, wrong yeah. thing to do if the first thing that came out of their mind was or, or their mouth was that you know uh, because i want to tell people about cars or i want to help people buy cars or i want to you know create content that is entertaining and useful if, if that was their motivation if their motivation was to provide a service you know to That's do something for other people, people yeah. yeah if they if they said to me said you know she said i'm the i'm the I'm the kid or I'm the guy in my social circle, in my family circle, everybody's always coming to me and I'm always helping people buy cars. I'd be like, okay, you're the perfect person. You should do this. You know, yeah. that, that makes sense. But if you if the answer was, no, I just want to drive cars. 
then no, this is not what you should do because you will not find fulfillment in this. Because ultimately you're going to be, people contact me all the time. It's like, how do you get cars? How do you get press cards? How do you go on launches? I'm like, you know, you don't just do it. You know, it takes, it's, it's a long, hard slog. And even for somebody like me with years of experience, it's still not that easy. You know, it's, it's quite difficult to sometimes get on these gigs, you know? Um, so I said, that's not the answer. So, so going back to your question, why did I say that? I said, well, if you really are passionate about cars, the people that I know in my social circle that have all the cars that I wish I had are people who are into business and finance or they're doctors, you know, or they're lawyers or they're accountants or they're pe- basically people that have gone into professions where they've done extremely well for themselves. Mashallah, fair enough. And that has afforded them the opportunity the yeah. to, to basically indulge in their hobby. Which ultimately, that's what it was about. It was about them indulging yeah. their passion. Which is absolutely fun. There's no, that's, which is great. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, which is great exactly, because if yeah. there weren't people like that, then who am I talking to? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true so, yeah. so, so that's fine. But don't try to do what I do because that's yeah. your, your passion. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're pa- my passion was always uh, creativity, was always communication. Even back when I was a print journalist, I'd, you know, my, my, my dream when I was a kid was to be a writer. You know, it wasn't even to be a, you know, to do videos or YouTube. I mean, there was no such thing at the time. You know, maybe I might have watched something. I would have watched William Woolard on that generation of Top Gear and thought, oh, that'd be nice to do, you know. But that wasn't necessary, you know, and it's kind of sad. I I, I have to quote, uh, uh, I don't know if you know him, but there's a friend of mine, Norman Farouk, who's a car journalist in Canada. Yes. I think I mentioned him too. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and he, and he told me was, when I did a similar thing with him, a podcast. He told me a really interesting story. He was sitting with his uncle, and they were watching Top Gear. And this was when he was quite young. And his uncle said to him, "Ah, Beta, what do you want to do when you grow up?" And he said he was looking at the TV, watching. You know, must have been his generation, must have been uh, you know Clarkson or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, uh, "I want to do that." You know. And the uncle was like, beta, these things are not for the likes of us, you know. And you know, and that you know, and that is crushing. That is crushing right there. You Did know? you ever have that Shazad? Oh, like oh a lot. What are you doing, Shazad? Oh no, oh no. I mean, to be honest, like you know, I mean, it's probably it's only within the last decade, decade and a half that people have stopped saying, beta, when are you going to get a proper job? You know, first of all, I'm no longer beta. I'm more like uncle right now. Yeah, <laughs> but well, I had that for decades. It's like beta, what, what do you do? I'm a journalist. When are you going to get a proper job? Eh? How on <laughs> earth do you get past that? Man? Like, I just, I feel like my soul would be crushed. It is crushing. If someone said to me, like, what are you doing with yeah. your life? Like, yeah. that, that's what they're saying, basically. Yeah. Is you're in failure. Yeah. So basically, right? what have Stop you done? Stop messing around yeah. 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 and get a proper job. Basically, like, yeah. Stop playing. Yeah. You're exactly. playing. Like, this, this, is you, this is something yeah. that you do just like, you know, like, you know, just to kind of, you know, yeah. be happy. A little is it? Bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hobby. It's a hobby. Keep yeah. it as a hobby. Right now, it's a hobby? Yeah. Now get serious. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Accountancy, yeah. doctor. Okay, open corner shop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do something. <laughs> exactly. It's like, no, man, this is what I do. You know, so it, it, it's one of those things. And it is so going back to that point. It's crushing. So back then, you wouldn't even have thought of that, right? So my ambition was to be a writer. I mean, like, I wanted to write stuff that people would read. And I tell you what, the first time this is, and, and I ended up uh, starting, as you know, in Saudi Arabia, and I wrote um, uh, uh, reviews and stories. Not reviews so much. Later on, I got into doing reviews uh, in Arab news and stuff like that. I, I think I think you you might be um, under. That's the word. Under exaggerating what you say, you are like one of the first, right? I am space, the first. Right? I'm actually yeah, the, first. the first. I am the first. Right, yeah, go, right. I, I've got it on proper authority yeah, now that yeah, I was yeah. Saudi Arabia's first motoring journalist. Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. Just to be clear for people, yeah. like, this is like you weren't just writing. Or you, you were like the, the freaking pioneer. Yeah, I mean, it was, <laughs> well, 
1989, yeah. yeah but yeah. I tell you that, but that, that in itself is a great feather in my cap and I love to boast about it. But I tell you, emotionally, the thing that got me, and this was at that time and that motivated me for decades to come, was that I started writing in this newspaper. The editor, uh, I got to know the editor. He's still around, a wonderful uh, Saudi guy. His name is Khalid Al-Maina. A wonderful, wonderful chap. And um, came downstairs with him in the Arab News building one time in the lift. And came out of the lift and, you know, well, I didn't normally interact with him because he's like the editor. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just like this little freelancer, you know. <laughs> but he knew of me. So when we're in the lift, yeah, Shazad, how are you doing? How are you getting on? It's like, oh, fine. Came down the lift, you know. And then he come out and then some other senior Arab comes in uh, to the building and he meets him at the door. And uh, he goes to him and they greet each other, the Saudi style, where they sort of, yeah, you know, yeah. nose kiss and yes, stuff like yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he turns, he goes, oh, and this is Shazad Sheikh. He's one of our writers. And the guy that was with him turned around and said, oh, this is Shazad Sheikh. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, so I was just reading his reviews. They're really good. The feeling that I, all yeah, of a sudden, yeah. I was like, this is the first the time that happened to me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. A complete stranger has just said that they do yeah. read my stuff and they like it. Which is funny because, like, you almost get that magnified 10 times we're in this world, yeah, right. Like right now, yeah. on social media, yeah, yeah, people yeah. tell you it's a good or a bad, yeah. right? And in, in some ways, it's, it's kind of a good and a bad thing because it's great when you get that instant kind of like hit of that's right. Yeah. Reviews, Shazad, amazing. Oh my god, I love your content. And then some guys like this is the worst crap. Like, <laughs> well, that's what, that's what I get anyway. I'm sure you'd never get that, but yeah. there's like it's like oh, I get like a that, lot that, of that. that. But like that 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 feeling of someone coming up to yeah. you. It's almost replicated, right, in, in yeah. today's world, but almost I think, so much more. I think it's different, to be honest with you. I think that back then, when you were in such isolation as a writer or as a contributor, you were in total isolation. You know, like, you know, you'd have readers' letters or whatever. Sure, but readers' letters would be far, you know, few and far between. And, and if you're in the trade, you know that sometimes you would write those letters yourself. A lot of people don't realize that. But when you're working in the newspaper or a magazine, sometimes like, okay, we, we have a page of readers' letters and we've only had two letters in. Okay, so we, okay. Are you, you, you and you. I've done it. No way. I've done it at various publications. You know? oh so God. this happens, you know, all the time. Oh it's like you God. write, you write the letters yourself, you know, because uh, you have to fill it in. So the reality, and this was, so this was back then. So the reality of being um, being recognized in that time was so much harder to 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 know that somebody actually read your stuff, was affected by, or remembered you from it, is extraordinary. How would you get any kind of feedback? I mean, how would you get any kind of sense of? This is great. This is not so good. This is what's working. Like you don't it, being in that space, it must be so hard. Like you're almost in your own sort of like echo chamber to a certain degree. You mm. absolutely are. I mean, this is the thing. Is like when you start. When I start to think back to when I started out, I mean, it was a whole other time. I mean, even when I think about how did I? So I'm sitting in Saudi Arabia, right? And I look back at some of my. I still got some of my articles from back then. I wrote a, an article about the countash or an article about say the Lancia Delta. All right. So I like I, when I was a kid, I used to follow WRC rallying. I liked it. So I wrote them a feature about the Lancia Delta Integrale. And I'm like, and I'm looking at the article. I'm like, oh, this is actually a well-researched article. I'm thinking, how did I do that? I mean, now if you want to do research, you go on the internet, right? You yeah, go to your forums, yeah, yeah, Wikipedia, yeah, yeah. other knows. sites. Well, you, easily, you can, within minutes, yeah, you can yeah, compile everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting in Jeddah, 
right? The, the 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 level of me getting magazines was few and far between. It's like literally you'd go to the shops if there was an auto car or something that had come in, you know, four months late, you know, yeah, and yeah, you just yeah. quickly snap it up. And I used to buy the Arabic magazines from Lebanon. Lebanon used to produce uh, oh, right. uh, autosport magazine and stuff like that. Right. And they were in Arabic, but I used to buy them because at least I could see the pictures and they would have the, the spec information and I figured out how to translate the spec information oh, so that at least I would have that, you know. Um, so so thinking back to, to then, it's like, how did I do that? that how, how yeah, is that even yeah, possible yeah. and to do that like you say in a, in, a, in, a, in a bubble in an echo chamber where you don't know if it's any good or whatever apart from the feedback that you get from your features editor or from the person <laughs> yeah, that you're yeah, dealing yeah, with yeah, yeah. you know he could say to you this is good he could say oh, you just need to rewrite which is, which is not really your audience right? no they're, they're kind of they're they're interpreting or they yeah. think they know what the audience yeah. wants yeah so they've got they've got that that lens on, yeah. but it's not really what the audience wants no. because they're just interpreting what. Yeah. And this is the thing. And fast forward to today, I mean, it's instant, isn't it? I mean, if you put up a short or a video, if it doesn't fly in the first few minutes, you're like, ah, I don't work. Or if it does fly, it's like, oh, people like that. Let's do more of that. You know, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. it's 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 crazy how far we've come. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, but it's extraordinary to think back to that time. I mean, even when I came back here and uh, I worked at a, a at a community newspaper for a while. You know, and you think back, how did you, how did you do that? And I remember, and I tried to think back to it. And I remember I was on the phone a lot, you know, and that's yeah. what would happen. You'd just be on the phone a lot, talking to yeah, people, interviewing yeah, yeah. people, getting quotes, getting information, checking stuff, corroborating stuff. You just, you do that reporter thing, you know, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. you know, nowadays you're on WhatsApp or email or whatever, you yeah, know, but yeah, then you'd yeah, literally yeah. be calling people up and pestering them. That would be the only way. What's the, what, what would you say? Like, look, I mean, your, your career spans years, right? And you've, you've been in different, different guys and different forms, but... What would you say it was like the um like what what is it that you um you get more of a buzz out of because obviously you you still do write yeah I think for the Asian Leader I think is that right I write for a number of outlets yeah, I write for yeah, MotorEasy dot yeah. Asian Leader sometimes for the National in Abu Dhabi and a, yeah, and a couple yeah. of other things yeah. what do you get more more kind of buzz from the writing the filming the recording like what is it <laughs> you kind of like find yourself like where you most like oh this is amazing I think that as a creator all of it. Because yeah. you're a creator. So once you're a creator, you're a creator. So it's, it, it doesn't really matter where, what you're what creating. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a matter of how you're creating it. For me, the most important thing as part of creating, I remember like some contemporaries, I remember back in the day, especially when we were just in a print environment, you used to read some articles and you'd think, wow, I mean, incredibly wordy. You know, you'd, you'd literally you'd be reading an article and like, I need a dictionary for every second paragraph <laughs> because look, well, I've never seen that word before. I've never seen it used like that before. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. and as a writer, you'd marvel at it. But one thing I realized very early on is like, as a writer, I'm looking at this and the writer is being very self-indulgent. They're very much caught in their own moment. They're like, oh, look at me and how articulate I am and how my youth, oh, I can match Shakespeare in my use of the language, you know. And then, and I'm thinking, okay, that's pretty good. But then I'm, then I'm trying to put my reader's hat on. I'm going, the reader's going, I've got to the second, first paragraph and I, I can't be bothered with this anymore because yeah, yeah, I've lost yeah. track. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, something yeah. I realized very early on is that what we do is not about being... Uh, what's the author that wrote... Um, um, the uh, What's the, the ring, the power, Lord of the Rings? Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you ever tried to read that? Yeah, I, I failed miserably. Yes, I exactly. I, I, I always felt like there was Harry Potter... And there's Lord of the Rings. Yes. I just I just fell in love with Harry Potter, to be honest. So, okay, you know what? That's a really good two examples right there, right? So you take, uh, and I forgot why can't I can't remember the name. Anyway, so the author of Lord of the Rings, if you try and read that, after a few, power, a few chapters, you realize it's incredibly self-indulgent yeah. because he's obviously created this 
complex and detailed world which he is basically dived into and a lot of the, a lot of the the book just goes off into tangents you know with, yeah, don't even contribute yeah. to the story but it's because he's created the language or he's created yeah, that village yeah, and he yeah. now wants to do it and after a while you realize this is just you wrote this for yourself yeah, this is what this yeah. is and at the time people had nothing else so they were like okay fast forward to today you look at jk rowling's harry potter books and you go that's just storytelling straight yeah. I mean, you, you, it's yeah, re- an actual, like, kind of like, you know, beginning, middle, yeah. and end sort of thing. It's, it's linear. It's visually quite graphic. So, in the sense that, you know, you don't have to put a lot of thought into it. They're so lit- you know, you don't have to create things, yeah. that picture because the picture is just being created for you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. the pace is much faster. So, and I think that that's how this has evolved. And that's something that I realized very early on is that what we do is about communication. So, it's not about what I enjoy, it's about communication. Certainly, as I started out as a writer, I like the written word. I like, you know, if I, if I do a nice bit of paragraph or a nice sentence or a nice turn of phrase, I take a moment to applaud myself or pat myself on the back. Going, oh, that's pretty. Nobody, oh, else, yeah. nobody else in the world might ever notice it. But I'd be like, oh, that was quite cool. That, that's quite good, you know. But that's just for me, you know. But ultimately, so that's a different kind of satisfaction. But the real satisfaction comes from when people walk up to you or people come up to you or people message you or people write to you or people, you know, will say, so that I saw your content or brown car guy, I saw your content. I really liked it. That's it. I mean, that to me still today from the very first day I did it back to that, when I came down the lift with the editor and that guy said that the feeling I had at that point is still the feeling I have today. If yeah, somebody says yeah, to, yeah. that's why like I'm out when I'm out events and say, if I get a comment on YouTube, it's like, Oh, I saw you at such a, such a event, but you were a bit busy. So I didn't come up to you. And I'm like, Oh, that's a real shame. Cause I love it when people come yeah, up to me. Yeah, yeah. I just adore it. You know, people always feel a bit shy about it and stuff, but I adore it because if somebody's taken the time to come up to you and say, hello, Shazad Sheikh, or hello, brown car guy, I've seen your content, I love it, or I like it, or I enjoyed it, or I found it useful, that to me, suddenly everything is worthwhile. Suddenly everything I'm doing is for a reason. reason. Suddenly like, oh, you have made my day, you have motivated me to continue doing this, you know. Why do you think your content resonates with people? Well, I don't know if it does. I mean, you tell me. I think it does. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the way that I see it is, like, um, it's... Uh, for me, it, it just seems so authentic, right? It, it, you know, um, there's a lot of content creators out there who try to copy other people, and you can see it as clear as daylight. Um, but in your case, I just find that it's, it's the mixture of authenticity and linked to that, it's the, um, it's the fact that you're you're speaking in a way that is relatable and real to people. Mm. Um, you're not focusing so much on the technical stuff, like the brake horsepower. I mean, that's obviously you know. Yeah, it's phenomenal. there. It's there. People want to know. Yeah, you know, like yeah. there's an element of like like when I watch your videos, I'm like, oh, that's interesting to yeah. me. Like you know, like I mean, this sounds you know very petty without demeaning your content in any yeah. way, but it's like it's like the friggin' the practical stuff. Yeah. you know, like cup holders <laughs> and like yeah. oh I, this is quite a cool thing about this car which no one really knows right but that's why I, I that, that's what i think you know i'm, I'm yeah. not sure if that's on purpose or if that's just you as a person but that's what i think anyway i think that you've touched on a, on a, on, a, on maybe I, I would say three points there yeah. first of all the authenticity and i think that especially in the world of the internet authentic, authenticity is very important um because people can see through it 
You know, and I think that people are now, become, they've become so savvy. I mean, we're so far from the early days of TV and radio and what have you, where, you know, hey, we, all, we all spoke like that because it was the yeah. uh, Queen's English, you know, yeah. uh, and all of that sort of stuff. And that people are like, no, just speak in your actual voice, you know, yeah. stop putting on a voice, you know. So, uh, so first of all, I think authenticity is important. Secondly, um, communication. So as we've just been talking about, the fact that uh, the language that you use, the way that you communicate, you've got to do something that is relatable, that is understandable. There's no point, you know, being so excited about your use of the dictionary yeah. that nobody else can understand you. It's like, well, no, no, yeah. I've got to talk yeah. in the language that people understand. It's like because I'm like right-clicked and picked on, is it synonyms? Yeah. For every single word. Literally, it's like, you know, what, is this? what did he say? What did <laughs> yeah. he say? What was yeah, that again? Yeah, yeah. You know, people just yeah. give up after a while, you know? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we're in the business of communication, communicating, right? So we've got to communicate. That's what we've got to do. And we've got to make that as simple as possible. And then I think the third thing is the relevance of something. And um, so, for example, I, I, as a colleague of mine in, in the motoring media, for example, he, I won't say who it is, but he, he will drive every car 10 cents, right? He'll take every car out and rag it, you know? And I'm like, I'm like why, why do you need to do that? He said, I need to know what it's like on the limit. I'm like, why do you need to know that? Because I need to tell the reader. I'm like, why does the reader need to know that? Because what if they're in that situation? I'm like, when will they ever be in that situation? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Who, who takes out a Vauxhall Astra and rags the wheels off it? Who does that? You know? Oh, okay. Maybe some people do in the in yeah, certain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's re, let's re, let's rephrase that. Who takes out um, name an SUV? Um, uh, uh, um, Honda CRV, what we own, which was a great car. With, with it's same a, car. You know, it's one of the top three <laughs> in the world, believe it or not, the, the Honda CRV, and we had one for a long time in in Dubai, and it was and a family both car. Brown as well. That we're brown. That, we're brown. That, that probably it's, is it's probably it. But the, but the Honda CRV is a perfect example. It's a car that does everything well. Yeah. Nothing exceptional, and it's not. It isn't. Let's be honest. It's not. That. It's not exceptional in any way, but it does everything well, and also it does exactly what you need it to do. Yeah. So if some journalist takes that out on a road, in a review and goes right on the limit, it does this, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. nobody cares. Nobody does that. Yeah, nobody exactly. wants to do that. You have to assess the car the way that people will use it. So when you talk about the practical, if I said to you, "What's the horsepower of a CRV?" Like, who cares? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Does it move? Yeah, it moves. Does it exactly. go? Does it stop? Yeah, fine. That's all you need to know. Is the economy good? That's probably the only thing you want to know, right? So you have to make it relevant. You have yeah, to make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So you. The, so the whole thing about being relatable is actually about being relevant. I think because you go, okay, well, I'm reviewing this car. I will spend less time on driving it and more time at looking at the seats and looking at the practicality and yeah, looking yeah, at the yeah. cargo space and looking at, you know, whether you can get your kid into it, how wide the doors open, you know, whether how high it is, you know, and, and you've got to look at, and very early on, I realized this thing, like people would ask me, like, if an older person says to me, I need to get a car and you look at like, okay, they, if they're a bit old and they don't want to, you know, go down into yeah. a car or they don't want to have to climb yeah, too high yeah, into yeah. a car. So you want the sort of car where you can step into it, you know, so there's so many aspects of these things. Not everything is about the driving. About, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. sure. If you've got Lotus Elise, you're like, oh, drive the wheels off it because yeah, that's what yeah, people yeah. want to know. That's you know? What, what, what is it like on the exactly. limit? You know? yeah, but yeah. but the, you, most, most cars, I would say 90% of cars are not meant to be driven like that. You know? that, that idea of people coming up to you and asking, you know, what, what do you think? I mean, I, I, I still get that to a certain degree. And um, I, I know personally where that comes from in terms of just as a kid, just, it was just always in cars was always my thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure I mentioned this before on the, on the first podcast that for me, I had this really, really kind of distinct memory of being in London where I was born and my brother would take me onto the top of the bed that like buses, we'd sit on the top, yeah. you know, and uh, just for fun, I yeah. would sit on his lap and would look down 
and I could name all the cars. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Buzz out of it, right? <laughs> but where does like where where would you say your your love for cars comes from? Like, where, oh. do, you, do you have sort of like early distinct memories like that? Because it, you know, I'm I'm sure at least in your family, some point you became the person to kind of go to, right, for 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 cars and advice, right? I mean, to be honest, like it's a very good question. I think we have to we've spoken this about, we've spoken about this before as well. But honestly, like I cannot trace where it's come from you because can't. no, because there is nobody in my social circle at the time, friends or family, nobody who had really? the faintest interest in cars whatsoever. Really? With most of what you talk about, then it's like, oh, there was an uncle or yeah, dad yeah. worked in a garage or you yeah, lived next to yeah, a racetrack yeah. or something yeah, or yeah, yeah. nothing. Absolutely. We did, my dad didn't even drive until we moved to Saudi Arabia in 1979. Seriously? Yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, he kept failing his tests and, you know, <laughs> he, he didn't oh, really man. enjoy it. And then we moved to Saudi, and then he resisted, and then but then you realize that you can't really function at that but time, yeah, and until to, you right, until yeah. you got a car, you know. Um, my brother still doesn't drive, yeah, you know, really? <laughs> you know. So there, there, literally, there's no interest, and even today, now my kids, my Junaid is 22 years old, he still hasn't got his license yet, you know. So he's got an interest in cars. Is he, is he, he's got he's got an interest in the aesthetics. Right, fine, because he's yeah. like a media student and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. for example, like we were talking, we were having a laugh about whether or not he helps me do videos. Like most cars, he's like, no, I'm not interested. But if it's like a classic car, and he's a little bit more interested oh, okay. because he likes the, the he likes he's the aesthetic. Taste, man. That's, yeah, that's yeah, cool. yeah. You could say that absolutely. Yeah. But it's the it's the it's the visual aesthetics of something yeah, because yeah, then he yeah. feels like, oh, I can do something with that, or yeah, I can make yeah, that work, yeah, yeah. or that looks cool, you know. So it's it's that sort of thing, but. Even today, no, nobody, you know, I mean, and That's even, amazing. and even one of my best friends, you know, that I've known for years and years, and years has no interest in cars whatsoever, yeah, not yeah, into cars. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it, where does it come from? I don't know. So therefore, I guess to an extent that makes it even more authentic. Yeah. Do you see what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. it, it, it had, it's, it is genuinely you. <laughs> there, there is no outside kind no. of. And yeah, the, and yeah, the only yeah. equivalent that I can find um, to what you described, your wonderful story about, you know, going upstairs on the bus and what, yeah, looking yeah, at the cars yeah. is, you know, back, I can remember being at primary school. I was never into sports. I, I was never into football or anything like that. I was, I was no good at it. and I was not interested in it. So playtime, I'd basically run to the fence and I'd stand at the fence and I'd look at the road. Oh my God. So I look at the road and I see all the cars going past. I'm, I'm you know? not sure whether to feel sorry for you. I know. Like, <laughs> it's just like when we, you know, we get the violin and it's like, yeah. like, I'm just like all the kids playing football and they're yeah. just out in the corner. Basically. Like, basically out the yeah, road, yeah, like. yeah. I'm the sad on there and you're going, oh, that's a Jaguar. <laughs> That's a, that's a rover. Yeah. You know, that's that. That would be me. Yeah, oh exactly. My God. So, oh my God. so that's and and so there was that, and then there was um, the cultural influences. So TVs and, yeah, and TV yeah, shows yeah, yeah. and movies and stuff like that. And I think that to a large extent, that's where a lot of my interest came. That I guess that's also why, to an extent, I'm not hands-on guy in terms of the mechanics. You know, I don't. Neither like, am I. Like, it's funny, isn't it? Do, could, oh, you'd be able to fix my car. Like, <laughs> do, I wouldn't even trust myself next to your car. <laughs> do not even let me open the bonnet. All right. Just, no. So you're, you're exactly in the same situation as me yeah. people like i say to people like oh yeah what do you do i'm a car journalist you know oh you know i have this problem it's like the doctor syndrome isn't it in our it's community like, oh you're a doctor i've got this actually you know i have yeah. this i have this yeah. mark over here <laughs> it's on my bum like can you have a look please like 
Oh, God, yeah, no, yeah. So you get that. You go, people, can you come out and check my car? I'm like, no, 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 right. no I'm not a mechanic. mechanic. I'm not a mechanic. <laughs> no, take it to a mechanic, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, no, yeah. so I have no interest in fixing or anything like that. I'm not, I've never been hands-on. I've always liked the, the cars, the the concept of the cars, the marketing, the the, the the sort of macro look at the engineering rather than, you know, getting, yeah, my, yeah, getting yeah. my hands into it. The drive, you know, for me has always been like, you know, so... It's those aspects of it, you know. And yeah, so where yeah, it came yeah. from, I don't know, but it's always been there as far back as I can I can remember. There. Yeah. What about this this obsession with uh, with with uh, Mr. Is it Mustangs and and, and American cars? Right? American cars. I mean, I, I still remember the first podcast. Yeah. I remember looking at your room and yeah. like there was like a friggin' like lineup of yeah. like Mustangs. Yeah. And I think Shelby's and stuff. And yeah, stuff yeah. Like I think that, there's right? a bullet. Bullet. I've got a bottle of a bullet Mustang yeah, and yeah, the uh, yeah. GT500, the Eleanor car. Yeah. 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 So, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this is partly to do with growing up in Saudi Arabia. So oh, we was moved. It, yeah. Was it so, quite big. Yeah. So we moved. There. We moved out there in '79. I was 10 years old. And I think that was, that became a big influence, a Caprice Classic and the Buick Park Avenue. So we used to get driven to school at one point uh, by a driver who would turn up in this huge Buick Park Avenue, which would just floated along the road. And it had these massive velour upholstered seats inside, bent seats. You know, and he'd sit there with a leg up. And people listening to this can't see this, but anybody watching would see that I'm just putting my foot up onto the onto the sofa now. Oh, and he would do that. He, he would just drive like oh, that. Oh, you know? right. That's, that's the definition <laughs> of cool. That's <laughs> like what today, you know, with the, with the young people kind of sitting back like yeah. that with the That's seat it. right at the back. And the thing is, like, you know, and, and what I loved about those cars is just that they, they just effortlessly ooze down the road yeah, yeah, with such yeah. class and style. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there was a kind of inherent potency to them that you never really exploited because you never needed to. Yeah. But you just sort of, you could feel the you throb just, of the yeah, engine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's all getting a bit sexual now, I know. I but say, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but you could feel the throb of the engine. You could feel the sort of potency of the thing. But you just like, you're just cruising, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I like you that. You know it's there. But yeah. You you know, it's like, mm, uh, it's kind of hiding away yeah. something. Yeah, the yeah. suggested overkill, you know, <laughs> sort of thing, you know. So to me, it was like, I, I sort of grew up with those cars. And to me, they were like, I, I had a respect for them. And I also know like how strong they are. I mean, mechanically, you know, yes, the trim and everything would just fall apart. The interior trim would just fall just apart. Thinking, like, you know, the quality was crap, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. I mean, not so now. And now they've really stepped up their game. But back then, it really was pretty rubbish, you know. But the mechanical integrity of the cars was incredible credible and this is why they were popular even in the market i mean if you look at you know regions like the middle east or saudi arabia compared to also like america and you look at for example just take saudi arabia on its own i mean the ship of the desert when we used to go mecca medina you'd see these gmc suburbans these massive gmc suburbans they loaded up with 70 people or something squeezed everybody they could into it you know going down the road to mecca or medina or whatever and the thing that you realize is they were huge, they were dependable, they were reliable. They could do thousands of miles in really tough conditions. If you live, people who lived in the Middle East will know we're talking about 50 plus degrees centigrade. We're talking about sand and it's a different kind of sand. It's not like people go hot weather testing in Death Valley because of sand. It's like, no, no, no. The sand in the Middle East is it's, different. It's, different yeah. it's abrasive. It's, it's tiny. It gets into everything and it destroys everything, you know. So it's, it's to have cars that could survive that, you get a respect for them. You get a respect. Sorry, a minder just fell over, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> if anybody heard that, start. he's okay. He's all right. Uh, he's all I right. literally have yeah. bored somebody yeah, yeah. to sleep he <laughs> fell over and he's he passed out he went back yeah he's like <laughs> he's, 
I should, that's a cue to stop talking, but I'll complete the thought before I stop talking and, complete, and continue to bore the poor chap. But the fact is that, yeah, those cars to me were like, they're, they're, and, and the flip side of that, and the reason why I think perhaps you even bring this up is because in the UK, and especially in the media, and especially at that time, especially in the automotive media, there was a real bias. And I have this argument with another friend of mine at the moment who basically can't see the merits of Japanese cars. And I say the reason for that is because you've been brought up on that. There's always been a bias in the media here against foreign cars, you know. So it's always been like the British cars are the best, and then European cars are next, yeah. you know. And the reality of it, when you flip around, you go, right, the, the world where people really depend on their cars, what are they driving? They're driving Japanese and American cars, now Korean cars. That's what's happening. You know, Listen, nobody's yeah, buying a British yeah, car yeah, yeah, yeah. for reliability, let's be honest, you know. No, I mean, yeah, well, that, I mean, it, is that what partially led to the downfall, do you think, of, of, of I mean, people don't know this, and I, I, I don't appreciate this enough, but I know that just from hearing things and, and reading things, I mean, there was a time when, when British cars, we had a real manufacturing, car manufacturing sector yeah. in, this, in, in, yeah. in this country, which yeah. is now barely non-existent. Yeah. I mean, most of the British brands have been bought by yeah. you know, German, um, uh, by, 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 by German brands. But um, that, that downfall, I believe, was somewhat down to... They just weren't very reliable. These, well, these, no, the down the downfall was down to uh, resting on your laurels. The, the downfall was down to an arrogance, a hubris, uh, a belief in your own marketing BS, if you like. You know, it's like, we, yes, we make the best cars in the world. Of course we do. It's like, well, who told you that? Have you, have you, put, have you put these cars <laughs> in trial? Me, you know? <laughs> it's like, you know, when you talk to, and, and this is really going to put the cat amongst the pigeons now with some people listening. It's like, you talk to anybody here, what's the best offer in the world? It's a Land Rover. You know, series one, series two, defender, whatever. And I'm like, no, no, because go around the world. What are people driving? They're driving the Land Cruiser. They're driving the Nissan Patrol and they're driving the Jeep Wrangler. Nobody will go into the desert in a Land Rover because chances are they won't come back. (laughs) (laughs) It just just doesn't happen. So the reality is that, you know, this self-belief is what destroys you. You you look at the American car industry. Yeah. Say in the, I think it would have been around the 90s probably, there was this protectionism that was going on where the American car industry was complaining about this influx of Japanese cars into America and they wanted protectionism. So they wanted to to stop that. Um, and for I think for a while they did, but eventually that was lifted. And what they then realized is that the only way to actually stave off the competition or to beat them or whatever was actually to raise your game. So there's one thing is just you rest on your laurels and you just go, well, we'll just stop those cars from coming in. So people have to buy our cars. But that doesn't actually help because that doesn't make your cars better. It's like with any product. If you have a monopoly, it doesn't really help. But once you let them in and you go, oh, well, now we have competition now that you've got. So take 1990 and the introduction of the Lexus LS 400. Yeah. You know? And in fact, even before that, let's say I think 1988, 1989, the introduction of the Honda Legend, the Honda Legend, the first generation Honda Legend, there were crisis meetings at Mercedes looking at this thing going, what have they done? And they're like, how have they done this? You know, because suddenly, you know, and, and think back to the original Honda NSX, when that came out and leading car magazines put it up against the contemporary Ferrari 348. 
and the Porsche 911 at the time. And both of those companies, the European companies, had to go back to the drawing board going, oh, I think we've got something wrong. We've got to step up our game. How quickly did the F355 come out after that? <laughs> yeah, 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 that yeah. was like the quickest turnaround yeah, at the yeah. time ever for Ferrari. They're <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, my yeah. God, we've just lost. We've got to find something. We've yeah, just yeah. lost abysmally. This is, we've got to yeah, you know, yeah, find, yeah. You know, save our faces in front of this yeah, Japanese yeah, upstart. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and so I think that to an extent what happened is that we've been blinkered a little bit in this market by this uh this notion or this 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 concept that's been pushed by the traditional media about oh british cars are best and europeans are, are next and then the rest of the world well they're they're still learning how to build cars i'm like sorry no <laughs> sorry case, that's not the case yeah, yeah, you know yeah. so so i so and and obviously as a, as a motoring journalist you know i'm also i'm allowed to have biases but i'm not allowed to have biases if you see what i mean because mean? because i've got to i've got to, i've got my own personal passions of course, I have certain cars that I like and what have you. But at the same time, going back to the whole notion of me doing this to provide a service to others, to help other people, I'm not, independent. I'm not allowed to have the biases because I've yeah. got to look at every car from your point of view and your point of view and whoever it may be. Because what I may not like about a car is maybe something that's perfect for that person. Right, so mm. I've got to be completely open-minded. So I've got to go right. No, this is the car. If somebody says to me, you know, okay, I want something. And I go regularly off-road, um, but I don't want to buy a Japanese car. Should I buy a Land Rover? And I say, well, actually, have you seen a Jeep Wrangler? Maybe you should go look at that. You know, or if we had the Ford Bronco, which we don't, but or maybe the Ford Ranger, go and have a look at that. You know, so so to me, I've got to I've got to have that broader picture. I've got to look at it, and I've got to understand if people can get into certain cars or if they have certain biases. If somebody says to me, no, I don't like American cars. I will never buy one. Okay, fine, I won't recommend you one. But I'll, I'll have to think about something that would work for you. I will never buy a Korean car. There are people out there that will say that. They'll say, okay, because Koreans are making the, some of the best value yeah, cars, yeah, best yeah. value propositions right now, you know. Um, but, okay, fair enough, you know. And then you have to think from that point of view. So, so, so and that's what I mean by I'm not really allowed to have biases in terms of what I do as part of my duty to yeah, others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but you've still got to be so you're be independent at the same time. You can have your own opinion, but yeah. you can be cognizant and aware of yeah. it. It might not be the opinion. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, uh, your knowledge of cars seems pretty incredible, but we're going to put it to the test. Oh, no. Yes. No, yes. no, 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 no. We're going to go. Um, <laughs> so, this is the first time ah. we're ever doing this, actually, uh, on a physical podcast. I'm so excited for this because we're doing this physically, and that gives me the benefit of being able to do the following thing. We have Shazad. Oh my god, we've got props. We have, we have props. props. We have props here. Look at this, right? <laughs> props this is... props on a podcast. I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so excited for this. This is our not top gear no. behind the wheel leaderboard. <laughs> Alright. And we are gonna go and ask Shazad a bunch of questions. Damn, I wish I'd had that coffee now. <laughs> It's surprisingly interesting, actually. Oh. So um, this is what this is this is what I'm terrible at being put on the spot. I'm really, really this bad at you know. So oh I'm my so god! Here we Just go. For added confidence. Yeah. Added crap. At this. Yeah. Uh, but let, let's have a look. Let's have a look. <clears throat> okay, just for anybody that's listening or watching this right now, I have really no idea what's going on. I really, really don't. I've come at this put... completely cold. He's got props. He's got a timer now. We have. Oh a my timer. god! Look He's got that. a timer. Right. Oh, go. no, I am go. getting really worried now. And you're going to be pitched up against <laughs> a blackboard of some a kind. Blackboard yeah. and not anyone else right now. <laughs> so uh, you're going to be setting the standard. Oh my word! All right. Are you ready? Oh, God. I don't know. Go for it. All right. 
<laughs> in. We've got two minutes on the clock. We've got, can I phone a friend? <laughs> can I ask the audience now? Oh my him? god! <laughs> let's put. Let's let's be generous. Let's let let's put. Couple of hours. <laughs> Three minutes on. Where's the my clock. phone? I need Google. Let's do this. You ready? Go on. Three minutes starts. See the now. first the first part is figuring out how to use a timer. <laughs> what famous person oversaw the oversaw the development of the F forty? Sylvester Stallone, Al Capone, Mussolini, and Enzo Ferrari. Oversaw the development of the F forty. Yeah. Well, the F forty was the last car that was overseen by Enzo Ferrari himself. It was the last car what? that he signed off. What lightweight material? I want to hear whether it's right or wrong. We'll, we'll come to that. What lightweight material is, prom- is prominently used throughout the Lexus LFA's chassis and frame? Aluminium, carbon fiber, high strength steel, or space age alloy? Which Lexus was that? Uh, the LFA. The LFA? Aluminium, ah. carbon fiber, high strength steel, space age alloy. I'm going to go space age alloy. What position in the cabin does the, does the driver sit in the McLaren F1? Right in the middle, on the left, on the right, wherever they wanted. <laughs> Whether well, it was remote control, wherever they wanted. No, it's a center diving position. Uh, what method did Chrysler use to assemble the Dodge Vipers? Highly automated robots, robot human hybrid, hand, 3D printing. I think they used a chisel and hammer. <laughs> we'll go with that that's, about as old school, that's about as old school as you get. <laughs> what was Porsche's super got from the 80s? The 944, 959, 955-907. Ah, oh, the legendary 959. Uh, the what Koenigsegg set a production car speed record of 278 miles per hour CCX Travita Agira RS Agira S Regira? I really don't know because the Koenigseggs um, they are incredible cars and they constantly keep coming up with new names so I have no idea but whatever the latest the one, one was it's the fastest one whatever that is <laughs> which Lamborghini model's name means devil in Spanish Aventador Diablo Countach Diablo which manufacturer produces Honda? Lamborghini, Ferrari, Koenigsegg, Pagani. Pagani. What was the body of the well, first Honda? My wife's favorite Honda... car, by the way, is Honda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the body of the first Honda slash Acura NSX made of? Aluminium, ash, high strength steel, carbon fiber. <laughs> no, aluminium. <laughs> Where did Celine get the engine for the S7? Ferrari, uh, Ford, Ford, Ford. it's a Ford engine. Yeah. What two technologies on the Ferrari 458 Italia help boost handling performance? ABS and traction control, EDIF and F1 track, ABS and electronic brake force distribution, or torque vectoring and ABS? I think I'm going to go for the second one. Which country does the Noble M600 come from? Japan, uh, British, Britain. British, British, British. How many Aston Martin 177 supercars were made? 50, Ooh. 12, 70, or 77? Wasn't it, wasn't it 76? Wasn't it 177? I think it was, yeah. Anyway, I know that one extra bonus points is a Dubai police car 177. There you go. Good <laughs> extra points. Yeah. What, was, what was the first model year for the Lamborghini Countach? 1982, oh. 1974, 1984, most aerodynamic body for a production vehicle. I think it was supposed to be fastest production car, 220 miles an hour. What was the first suit? Whoa! Oh, it works. Oh. The timer works. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, let's do it proper, not oh. Jamie Clarkson. All right, car. okay, okay. How do you think you did? <laughs> Pretty awful. <laughs> Where Pretty do awful. you think you came to that? Well, you know, it's a broad <laughs> spectrum. Literally, it is, a, it is a blank canvas. It's a blank sheet. I could be anywhere. <laughs> oh my God. Dear, dear, put me out of my misery. Put me out of my... What's that? Is that the, is that the suicide pills or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, oh he's got it. magnetic strips, all right. This is it. Do you want Shazam Shake or Brown Car Guy? Brown Car Guy. Brown Car Guy, it is. Let's do branding everywhere. Branding is so important. Anyway, listening out there, make sure you get your brands out there. Hey, man. So, let me firstly ask, go through the number of questions we went through. We went through... Um, are you going to ask everybody the same questions each time? No, we're going to mix it up. Oh, okay. There'll be someone who'll be like, watch every single episode and like, write down all, exactly, all the questions. Exactly. Then, so uh, we got through. Russell, 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 Russell. This is br- we got through 15 fun. questions. Oh, wow. How many do you think you got? Five. Come on, a bit of self-confidence, Shazad. I mean, out of 15, you got five. Come on. I don't know. All right, here we go. He's counting. He's counting. This is what's happening, people. Those people can't see. He's counting. He's rustling a paper and he's counting numbers. You ready? Yeah, go on. Go on. Oh my god, he's writing. He's he is doing the whole Jeremy. I am, right? He said he's not going to do the Jeremy Clarkson thing, and he is doing it's the Jeremy Clarkson. Not a Jeremy Clarkson. Oh man. my god! You got thirteen. Thirteen? Yeah. Whoa, that's actually way better than I thought. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm I'm pleased with that. I'm actually yeah. pleased with that. Yeah. Not bad, eh? But, but the thing is, like, I get what I'm gonna. What I'm guessing is going to happen is people going to go through them faster because I did I did waste a lot of time there, didn't I? <laughs> So the tactic here, so for those people that are going to come onto the show after me, the tactic here is to not spout nonsense and go to the questions quicker <laughs> so that you've got a higher ratio of yeah, opportunity yeah, yeah. there, right? It's not a bad start. It's not a bad start. It's not a bad start. 13 out of 15. Know? Well, you should put 15 there. You should put 13 strokes. I should put 13. Yeah, you should put 13 strokes here. And now I'm dictating yes, how know. this, I know, I know. the rules of the game. Do you want me to write like very wet or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were. <laughs> Make of that Where, what you will. Yeah. <laughs> Interpret that how you like. Um, <laughs> oh, my daughter never sees no, this. No, no, uh, nobody ever listens to this. Yeah, podcast. I know, right? It's like, you know, just never going to happen. You know I mean? <laughs> too, too cool for dad. Oh, um, dear, oh, dear. Honestly, no, Shazad, thank you so much uh, for being on the first ever the first awesome. ever physical awesome. podcast. You have no idea how much pressure I've been getting from <laughs> from people around me to make it physical. Yeah. And you know what? I'm glad we did it because um, you do you do build a much more kind of closer kind of set of questions and a lot more kind of meaningful kind of content. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In person, man. Definitely. So, so yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. and uh, we'll see you guys for the next one. Thanks very take much. Take it easy. Bye bye. <laughs>